your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BGK gets back on the winning track with a 4-1 to win over the Coyotes. The Golden Knights now head on the road for a pair of games. And our WTF, What the Friday segment, it is all ahead on this Friday. Hi again, everyone. Tony Kurdasko along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas each and every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. And uh, again, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is Locked on Golden Knights. And on Twitter, at Lockdown, well, it's around still, at Lockdown VGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. We are brought to you today by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your sports betting needs, for all your odds and lines. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Phil Kessel's 1,000th consecutive game, the milestone was celebrated last night, Chris, and you were there, and it really was not a distraction uh, like it might have been, you know, earlier this season. Alex Petrangelo breaking the scoreless tie in the second period. Golden Knights added uh, three more goals in the third and uh, en route to the 4-1 to victory. Uh, Golden Knights, I thought that the difference in this game uh, was outscoring their opponents in the second period. And, of course, uh, by your request, the power play goal last night, I know that you requested that. Special teams were very important. Uh, the PK, I think, was, uh, was very important, especially when – VGK had back-to-back penalties uh, in the game. And the, the kills, they did very well on the penalties by Cotter and White Cloud. Yeah, so one thing I didn't know until the end of the game was, I was listening to the post game on the way home, is Arizona is the fourth-ranked power play in the National Hockey League. Their penalty kill is the seventh-ranked penalty kill in the National Hockey League. So you think Arizona Coyotes, you don't think much. I mean, they're in a weird situation. They're on this very bizarre 14 game road trip that has them going home and not being home. And it's just the dumbest thing ever. We'll talk about, might talk about that in segment three, one of us, I'm assuming. Um, but back to Arizona, like they're not a doormat. Um, I get the, the suck for Bedard type of thing happening or tank for Bedard, however you want to say that, but they're not a bad team. They got a ton of young talents, a um, ton of young talent there. And VGK, it was, you know, just, it was weird. It was a strange game at first and I wasn't feeling too happy about it. Um, I was probably putting out some tweets that were a little more on the like emotional side, like is VGK playing down Arizona side is VGK playing is, is Arizona playing up? Like what's, what's happening right here is VGK. Not that good. We might talk about that in segment three too, you know? So I think Arizona deserves a little more credit than a, their record, you know, is showing and B you got to give players something I've been saying all week, you know, there's parity in the NHL. There is parity. It doesn't matter if you're the 32nd ranked team, the 27th ranked team, or the top team, any team, any given night. And the Coyotes had a game plan to try and slow down VGK in the first. And it worked for a while. Arizona definitely was muddying up the middle. And it was a frustrating game to watch for a while. And then, you know, the cream kind of rises to the top and uh, the floodgates opened. Uh, in the third period, and uh, VGK gets the, the cliche victory that they needed. Okay, uh, I think that they had a difficult time solving that 1-1-3 defense 
of uh, of Arizona uh, because they weren't able to get pucks in and didn't have a lot of good quality shots. I don't believe in that first period of no. play. Uh, they, they, they doubled them up in shots pretty much, but it didn't feel like that at all. No, just watching the game. Yeah, it did not look that way. Uh, also, in in uh, forty points plus forty plus points for defensemen for the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Um, Alex Petrangelo, you know, points, I, hits, hits, no points minutes. total this season. This total plus. guy. Okay, my bad. Okay, I misunderstood 40. what you were saying. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, I know it's a little slow in translation. The fog hasn't rolled in yet. I usually sound better. This is only a first cup of coffee, Tony. I need two to deal with you. The cloudier I am. Okay, so the defensemen on the season have 40-plus points. It was for uh, the Petro Retro guy. Uh, It (laughs) was uh, the first goal by a defenseman at home on his goal last night. Uh, Talk about Alex Petrangelo. uh, Two assists as well. The carry-eight goal where he bulldozed his way in. And then uh, the deflection. He had the shot right on the Mark Stone deflection, which was that was so much. I mean, that shows the skill level to me of Mark Stone, the way that he guided it in. And there was a little bit of a debate there. And that stick was not over the crossbar, not even close. And that lasted about two seconds with the Arizona bench. Yeah. So Petrangelo, you know, power play goal, cracking a tough uh, PK unit. And obviously uh, the power play has been a sticking point. So it was nice to uh, win the special teams battle. Something BGK hasn't done a lot of lately. And it was just volume. Like I was actually tweeting during that power play. So it feels like it's coming right now. There was two high, high uh, danger chances early on in that sequence. And then finally a VGK cracked it and to the Will Carrier goal. Um, I actually got Will Carrier after the game and it was just me and him. Everyone was kind of elsewhere. So I, I shot my shot, Tony. I, uh, my question to Will Carrier was, Hey, when are you going to give Jack Eichel lessons on how to rush net and score goals? And Will Carrier gave a fun, playful answer. And it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a fun exchange. And it was nice to see everyone just in general in a much better mood after the game. Uh, you had Cassidy up there kind of having a couple of one-liners and stuff in the, in the post-game presser. And it was just a much, uh, much less intensity, if you will, compared to Tuesday night and probably even, uh, you know, Saturday night after the loss of the Blues. Yeah, that Eichel pass, again, supreme. I don't even know. I can't describe his passes. Uh, just in finding Petrangelo on the goal. And, you know, to me, Every one of his just, passes, Tony. Every one of his passes. He like, just knows exactly where every, he knows where everyone's at on the ice at all times. Uh, that's that hockey IQ that we always uh, speak about. Uh, you also had a chance to talk uh, with Logan Thompson after the game. The one thing that I like about, does he know who you are now? That he yes. sent you that little. Yes, he does. We 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 had a moment afterwards. <laughs> did, did did he get on you for saying he's going to be traded? No. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll start with the business side first. Um, I asked Logan Thompson business? a similar a similar question that I asked to Cassidy, and that was about <laughs> Marchessault's effect on the third period of the game because Marchy he had a big hit on on the the one of the defensemen for the the Coyotes, and he went after Marchy right away, and then. Uh, Logan Thompson made a big save and you had a bit of a scrum right in front of LT. Even LT was kind of involved a little bit and it looked like the entire Coyotes line wanted a piece of Marchie and that's what Marchie does. Right. So that was the, that was what I, I wanted to keep it light last night. And that was my question to, to LT. And he basically, you know, echoed what I just said. He gets under people's skin, but he does a good job. Um, and then after things kind of subside and people are walking around, 
I went back up to LT, I'm like, hey, I don't know if you recall, but, uh, you know, some goofball made a comment and you responded with the donkey tweet, you know, and I kind of shook my head. He's like, oh, that was, it, it, it was, it was, we, it was fun. We, we, it was playful. He just mentioned he likes to mess around and stuff like that. He used a couple other words, but uh, we'll leave it like that. But it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was a good time. Like it, it was a smile. I didn't feel uncomfortable by it or anything like that, but I definitely wanted to want him to know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so the thing about LT that I'm impressed with is that, okay. He gave up a goal, a crappy goal, you know, like that. I thought it was weird. Defle- it was weird. It deflected off of Martinez, I yeah. think, and went in. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but he just seems like he's unfazed, right? Like a lot of goalies would be, oh, I should have had that shutout. Doesn't care. Just wants the W. That's my opinion. That's my impression of how he is. Yeah. I don't know if it was Allie or if it was the NBC five, um, reporter, but someone did ask, um, did ask about, you know, the shutout and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, that's hockey, no big deal, you know. And it's that's the thing for, you know, someone who now has about, what, 30-ish, 32, 33, whatever the number is right now, career starts in the NHL. He's playing above his age. He's playing above his experience level, maybe if we're going to use um just a general work, you know, professional type term. Um, wise beyond his years. But, you know, that said, he's not a young rookie. I think he's like 25 or something like that right now. And again, you look at his career path, you look at the things that he's done. I mean, no one knew who this guy was in the AHL. No one knew anything about him, obviously, except, you know, McCrimmon and stuff with the, with their history and things like that. So he's on, he's on house money right now. Like that's the thing he's on house money with his, with, you know, based on where his career was going. I mean, I think there was one time I, I want to say Jesse Granger had an article out where, you know, LT was contemplating, a, you know, doing some Uber and Uber eats to make ends meet at one point, you know, and then not terribly, distant past and then you know fast forward he's uh got a nice six-figure contract that i think in a year and a half from now is going to morph into a very large you know eight-figure long-term contract so you know he's certainly setting himself up for i guess that level of a uh, financial success but more importantly uh just the performance that he puts on the ice that type of success level and he's he's our our, our goalie hero right now right he's uh the hero that we needed and you know, it's nice to see a goalie. I don't want to take a shot at Robin Leonard, but I can't. It's nice to see a goalie that the team rallies around. And the team does rally around LT and Aiden Hill as well. And you just did not see that with Robin Leonard. And it's not necessarily a shot on Robin Leonard. Just personalities sometimes are a little bit different. And different personalities mesh and clash. And, you know, Aiden Hill and even uh, Brassois, to that matter. You know, the team likes playing for him as well. And maybe it's all kind of starting to, uh, you know, come together in the net. And uh, he's very grateful. You have to say, you have to believe he's grateful to be, you know, exactly where he's at right now. And he's just, he continues to work he hard. He seems like a good human. He seems like a good human and, and someone good to have around and interact with. There was a scrap in this game. Uh, Liam O'Brien and Keegan Colasar. That was just the second fight. <sighs> That's that my reaction second, to that fight. It's just the second fight that VGK has had this season. Oddly um, enough. You would, th- um, you would think that teams would go out, but Colasar, okay. Two right crosses, and he was done. And they they stopped the fight. He was about to get smeared. Uh, Owen Krebs, I want to say, um, he he pointed out that it was actually the third time those two players had a fight. So you would think there's like a bit three. of Colasar? What's that? Yeah, that, that, that was the trilogy last night. That was the trilogy Colas- last is, night, is, folks. Is oh Colas- my god, are Owen three. Yeah, he's he's definitely. But you know, Colasar, like he's just like 
he's not a fighter. I don't think he even wants to be the fighter, but it's the role that, you know, will keep him on the ice to do that every now and then. And Cassidy even did mention in the post-game presser, you know, Coley dropped the gloves and got the crowd into it. I'm saying to myself, no, the crowd did not get into that. That was a terrible fight. Come on. It was, it was like, okay, I'm going to punch you a couple of times. You're going to punch me. The the, the boys are going to tap the bench and we're going to get five minutes to relax. Like they just, they stopped. Like I still believe fighting, there is a place for fighting in the game. I think the energy level that it brings and the excitement and things like that, but there needs to be some emotion behind it for it to work. There has to be emotion, not just drop the glove. You know, it's um, Rocky three when Sylvester Stallone and Thunderlips slash Hulk Hogan have their charity fight. You know, Rocky says, Hey, uh, I'll hit you a couple of times. I'll chase you around. You chase me around. We'll give them a little bit of a show. That's what that fight felt like last night. It was like, I'll hit you a couple of times. You hit me a couple of times. We'll hug each other until the refs break us up. Like it was just, it was a pretend fight. It was manuscripted. It was, I don't know. It was just, eh, whatever. Marcia, so uh, actually came to the aid of uh, of Willie Carlson, uh, of Mild Bill, because he got ramrodded up against the boards. And then Marcia, so took exception. But O'Brien wanted a piece of Marcia, so too. And yeah, I, Marcia, so is talking a pretty big game and getting under everyone's skin, but. Yeah, that would be another mismatch too, I would think. That was that was my question to Cassidy as well. I kind of doubled down a little bit last night. I was curious um what Cassidy felt about March so and what he you know what he brought to that game last night. Um a lot of energy in the third, right? March so had a lot of energy in the third, was very um, you know, getting under the people's un, under the coyote's skin. And that's basically what Coach Cassidy said. He also did mention he doesn't want him crossing that line. He doesn't didn't believe that. March so has taken a bad penalty yet, and he has taken bad penalties last year. He has taken a good chunk of bad penalties last year when, you know, things boiled over, but he's not the only one guilty of that in a tough season last year, just simply stating, you know, what his, what his history is. But, you know, March so has a place, and there's a couple different versions of March so, whether it's the physical one getting under people's skin, whether it's the one helping guide that misfits line, or the one sniping goal after goal after goal, and you know, good player to have on your team. A lot of fun. He's uh, he's our he's our rat, right? He's our he's our Brad Marchand minus a lot of the the dumb things that that guy does. Yeah, and uh, what was your other question to Coach Cassidy? That that was basically it. It was uh, I what, you said you asked. Didn't you ask? Two no, questions? I said I doubled down. Meaning I, I asked. Oh, the you same doubled question. down. That I, okay. there will be a WTF about 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 the the presser last night coming up though. Okay, coming up next, uh, VGK will be meeting Edmonton on Saturday night on the road. Preview that game next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer to esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well on BetOnline. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Make sure that you subscribe today. Today. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Golden Knights, our YouTube channel, and leave your comments as always. We really do appreciate everything that you bring to the table. And uh, we'll get into some of your comments on WTF. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Golick and Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. And Chris, uh, Golden Knights will be skating in Edmonton tomorrow night. 
They face Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Uh, the goalies are Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell, and they are not getting the job done. It's one of the areas. And BGK has to jump on the oil early in this game because they are not good the past few games. And at home, on home ice, the opponents are scoring first 60% of the time. And if you score first, we know that good things can happen. Yeah, the Oilers, I mean, I, I think I said this uh, during the week, the Oilers are having a very Oilers-type season right now. Looking at their, they've scored 60 goals. Uh, for perspective, VGK scored 65. VGK is a plus 22 in the goal differential. So VGK has scored 65 goals to the opponent's 43. Edmonton, on the other hand, has scored 60 goals to the opponent's 61. So their goal differential is a minus one, which obviously that's going to make it tough. Looking at some of the, the points scored, McDavid's already got 32 friggin' points in 17 games. Dry Seidel, 28 points. Zach Hyman even has 18 points. Like uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 17. And Evander Kane had 13 points in 14 games before his. Uh, just terribly unfortunate injury that's going to keep him out for almost almost until the spring, it seems like, depending on how fast uh, everything can heal there. So, you know, this is a very Oilers type of season that we're watching right now. They can't stop anything. They can't play defense. But if it's going to be a six to five game, chances are you're you might come on the wrong come out on the wrong side of it. And this is not the proper um, medicine, if you will, to uh recipe to go deep into the playoffs trying to win games six to five it just doesn't you know at some point uh that's gonna that's not gonna work so Oilers are in a weird spot trying to figure things out you know the Golden Knights uh, can score very opportunistic goals you know the Oilers are going to turn the puck over in odd places and BGK is going to get a lot of chances this game but Edmonton is a team you have to get on early because they can score quick, they can score fast, and they can also deliver that knockout punch uh, that VGK has been unable to do until last night for a while. They can deliver that knockout punch sometimes, you know, in the first period. So VGK has got to be ready for this one. They have to come out quick. And, you know, this is a game where, again, you got to take care of business right now. You got to play your defense first. And if VGK can play a solid defensive game and limit turnovers in the neutral zone, uh, keep the opportunistic opportunities to a minimum, then uh, good things can happen on Saturday in Edmonton. Uh, shots on goal. This is via Sportsnet. Shots on goal were 11 to 1 for Tampa in the opening 10 minutes. Shots were 11 to nothing for Florida through the first nine minutes. Wow. Shots were 12 to 2 in favor of Los Angeles through 13 minutes in the loss to the Kings. Uh, Kings played very well defensively in that game, came out on top three to one. So, again, to further punctuate what we're talking about, VGK has to get those shots on net early, but they have to break through and get that early lead. It's going to be really important. That's got to be our number one key to this game. Yeah, that that's very fair. And you know what? There were some late. There was, again, in the first period last night, there were some of those lazy shots that, you know, just don't have much of a chance of going in. But on the road, in the tough uh, environments, even though Edmonton's not having the best uh, season right now, as far as wins, wins and losses go, this is not a bad game to, to take those shots early and often because they are having some goaltending issues, right? That's not going uh, to plan, so to speak, even though they keep trying to address the, I mean, where's Mike Smith and get him back. Maybe that'll get that team back on track, but take chances, shoot early, shoot often, spray and pray, whatever it is. This is a game where you might get 55 or you know, 70 shot attempts and 45 of them hit the net. 
28 of them might not be the most uh, high danger of opportunities, but this is that game where maybe you take a few of those and maybe you get lucky. Uh, so you said opportunistic opportunities. Okay, so Mr. Officially Official, uh, you thought that there should have been a penalty shot last night? Was it Chandler Stevenson on the breakaway? It was close. It was close, Tony. And credit the referee for perfect position. If you watch, um, I had the, the replay up on my phone, and the referee was exactly where you're supposed to be in a four-man system. He's First of all, when the play is coming towards you and you're the back official, you're always skating backwards. Like if, if you are chasing the play skating forward in that system, you're doing it wrong. Now, in a two-man system, like what I normally do, it's a little bit different, you know, and I'm not – 10% of what these guys can do on the ice. But the, the comment that I made was my, at first, like I, I thought penalty shot. And then when you kind of watch it a little bit closer, like it wasn't a clean break from the blue line, but Stevenson, I thought made it a clean attempt that was disrupted at the end. So it wasn't a bad no call for a penalty shot, but my gut watching it from 250 feet away, 75 feet in the air, you know, it was a penalty shot, but then I also joked if uh, I was the ref out there, I would have been way out of position, trailing the play, barely crossing the blue line as Stevenson got that shot off. So I'm like, that's yeah, your penalty shot, whatever. Yeah, fifty. Wasn't that right? wasn't that on a feed from Jack Eichel breaking out? I think it, it might have been. I honestly don't I think it was remember, a, but yeah, it wasn't I think it was a saucer pass. Yeah, I had you know on the ice, and yeah, they had that breakaway opportunity. Uh, Connor McDavid back to Edmonton. 32 points, 15 goals, 17 assists. He's just outstanding and consistent. And already, you know, he's already scoring points. He recently had his 500th career game. Uh, he's been scoreless the last two games. That's of concern to me <laughs> because of the two factor in this game. There's going to be a ton of open ice, right? I'm looking for a high scoring game. And I just think that it's going to be you're just up and down the ice all night. VGK is going to have the open ice. Um, if they do what their system is supposed to do, they're going to limit the opportunities to cross the middle of the ice. And that's what they did last night with Arizona. Arizona did not have a lot of opportunities that were generated from the neutral zone. Arizona did have a lot of bang, bang plays and LT was needed early to keep the game on this, you know, tied until VGK broke that tie in the second but, you know, good job by the BGK keeping the middle of the ice quiet. Now, you got Connor McDavid, you got Leon Dreisaitl, you got so many other amazing, talented players. The system is still a system, doesn't matter who you're playing, but sure, there'll be a little more open ice. But if BGK does what they're supposed to do, you know, McDavid's going to be on the outside. They're going to try their best to keep him on, on the offside of the ice. You know, maybe his uh, not non-dominant hand, but it doesn't matter. Dude can score from anywhere. But VGK has in the past also slowed McDavid down. You're going to chip at him at the neutral zone. You're going to clutch him a little bit. You're going to grab him a little bit. You might take a dumb, not a dumb penalty, but you might take an interference penalty doing so. But you have to have a body on him at all times when he does not have the puck. When he makes that pass, you have to finish your check. You have to do something to disrupt his rhythm. And I think early in the game, that's exactly what you're going to see. You're going to see uh, people doing anything that they possibly can to just slightly disrupt the rhythm. We've talked about breakouts. We've talked about power play entry. It's all about rhythm and timing and speed. And when you disrupt any part of that, then the entire breakout can falter for a moment. My clock tells me that it should be Aiden Hill in that 
is it his turn Saturday. to play against Edmonton? Saturday? Saturdays. Okay. So you you think that why not come back with LT? I would. No. Nope. There's a plan, Tony. There's a you plan. Could put, you could There's put a plan. Hill, you could put Hill in uh, in that against the Canucks. No. You don't I like mean, that. I, sure, I, I hear what you're saying there, and I'm not against that either, but Honestly, I think uh, there's a plan that they're sticking with. It's a plan that's worked for both goalies. And, you know, Edmonton, I mean, okay, so this goes, what's the tougher game, Edmonton or Vancouver? The answer, obviously, is going to be Vancouver. So if you put your your one A goalie in against, you know, the worst team, you are hopefully not assuring, and nothing is a sure bet, but you are giving your team the best opportunity to win, you know, the second half of the road trip. So why not come out with your, your one B goalie and, you know, if, if you can win the game in Edmonton, then great. You're in a good shot to, uh, you know, get a nice little winning streak uh, coming back to home ice next Wednesday. Okay, prediction time. And I know how much the fans enjoy my predictions. But last night, we were both spot on. We both said 3-1 to one, BGK. I'll go first. I'll say 5-4 to four Edmonton high-scoring affair. I think if it's Aiden um, Hill, I think he's, got, he's about to get shelled. Sooner or later, he will get shelled. I think VGK continues their road scoring, but also their road defense has lacked a little bit. So I think uh, I'm feeling 6-3. I'm feeling a lot of goals tomorrow night. I'm feeling 6-3 VGK. VGK? 6-3 VGK. Coming up next. They played well on the road, Tony. I mean, they played very well on the road. Better on the road than at home. Coming up next, uh, we're going to take a look, of course, at our WTF comments from all of you that are out there. We even had a last call, the only last call in Las Vegas this morning uh, leading up to this because we wanted to get in some late shots uh, from all of our fans out there, VGK fans, not fans of of ours. Uh, Coming up next, it's WT Friday right here. We don't have It's WT Friday. What the Friday? WTF coming up next right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Thank you for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen. For your next listen, make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Boy, has got a little funky there, Chris. I got to preserve this a little bit for this big basketball week here for me. Uh, it's time for WTF. What the Friday? And I'm going to yield and let you go first since you've got a lot of things if I feel you have stewing today. So before we have to nip them in the butt, I think I'll let you go first. I think stewing is my stomach. I'm hungry. I need breakfast yet. But what was enjoying the cookies in the in, pl- in the uh, in the media dining hall last night? Oh, my goodness. Those, shout out for those cookies. Whoever got those. Oh, so good. So good. It's, it's a tough life. Someone's got to do it, folks. Someone's got to do it. All right. So my first WTF is to myself and all the media covering last night's game. Uh, we obviously there's a, a few more media members than normal from what I've seen there. Obviously, uh, Phil Kessel's uh, 1000th consecutive game which is just a remarkable unrepeat nothing's unrepeatable but it's unrepeatable and you know i asked about marches so all the other media members asked about different things that happened in the game but not one person last night in bruce cassidy's post-game presser 
brought up Kessel and just to give him a chance for a sound bite for the, the 1000th game and all that. And it was on my mind after my question, they were kind of going around the room and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for a second one. But uh, the gentleman that kind of runs everything announced a one, two, three, and we're done after that. So I didn't obviously go for it, but you know, all of us missed an opportunity last night to let coach Cassidy just kind of talk about what influence that Kessel has had and the excitement of 1000 career games. And, you know, what that influence is in the locker room and things like that. But every one of us missed the boat, folks, present company included. Um, so my first WTF is a bit of a layup for the media for not uh, not just getting one one question in about Kessel last night. So WTF myself and everyone else at the game last night. Okay, uh, I'm going to go overseas. And since I'm pretty big across the pond right now, I'm going to go to the Premier League and Bournemouth. Okay, so they had tickets on sale for their upcoming game from $5 to $20. They weren't very expensive for their upcoming game. So five to 20 bucks to see the premier league, uh, Bournemouth, the cherries. Uh, don't let Bill Foley see these ticket prices. Okay. Because he's going to jack them way up. They want to again, expand all of their facilities and their training facilities. And eventually maybe perhaps build a new stadium I haven't delved into what the concession prices are like, but right now for Bournemouth, you could go to a soccer game, a little football there in merry old England uh, for just maybe 20 bucks, $5 in the cheap seats, all that. Do not let Bill Foley see the ticket prices because he will, again, he'll try to match what the, uh, the fans are spending and paying for the Vegas Golden Knights. WTF, do not let Bill Foley see the pricing for tickets in England. Maybe you'll be an influence and he'll lower the VGK tickets. No, 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 no. All right. So another WTF for myself right now. So I'm just going through my early tweets. Uh, let's see here. First of all, it's early. VGK needs to clean up the area in front of that. Okay, fine, whatever. And then let's see here. What else do we got here? A lot of momentum, blah, blah, blah. VGK out shooting. <laughs> VGK out shooting, but it doesn't feel like they're dominating. Uh, let's keep going here. You know, is VGK playing down to the Coyotes level or are, are, are the Coyotes playing up? I put a tweet out. Are the Vegas Golden Knights not as good as we thought? Like, you know, I'm now I'm drinking like a lot of this negativity right now. And it's unfortunate it because mean. I know, Tony, I it's know, I know, me. I know it's, it's the fog. It comes through, uh, comes through the <laughs> vents on my, uh, on my uh, laptop, on my computer back here that I'm recording on. But, you know, point being it's a 13 and four now, you know, uh, 14 and 14, if my math is correct. And yet I'm, I'm up here, like, you know, being like a lot of the fans are right now, just like panicking. Like I get it. There's more accountability right now. And, you know, when the team's not doing well, it's a different team versus what Pete DeBoer has had as far as the way he handled losses and kind of that happy go lucky attitude. But you know, just we all got to relax and enjoy it a little bit and understand that there is so much parity in the NHL, even the Arizona Coyotes, who, again, you know, very good special teams and they played a good game last night. So fans, just relax, sit back, enjoy the show. Things are going much better than whatever the plan was, whatever I thought, whatever Tony thought, whatever any of you thought through the first 17, 18, whatever the math is right now. So WTF myself. Relax. Enjoy the ride. WTF. Bad eyes only exist on the road. WTF. It was weird last night. It was weird last night. Yeah, you said that there was some uh, wipeouts, huh? 
there were there was a couple blowouts last night and it just looked a little you know i don't know i don't think it was bad but maybe just a couple weird untimely falls We've got from Ryan Dunkel. He said, we need Tony to start picking the other teams to win again, like I'm doing tomorrow night. His positivity is a jinx. Thank you in advance. <laughs> so I'm going to love these comments. WTF. Uh, Darren, I'm going to back up uh, Darren Millard on the pregame last night. So there's a reasonable chance, depending on how things settle, that Connor Bedard, a possible all generation, all world talent, is going to go to the Arizona Coyotes, depending on what happens with the lottery and the records. And a lot of things have to fall into place. But you're telling me that we're going to have a potential Connor McDavid, you know, Ovechkin, Crosby, McKinnon, Austin Matthews type anchoring the Arizona Coyotes playing in Mullet Arena for four or 5,000 fans, whatever 5, that number yeah. is. How is that? And again, I'm, I'm this is you know, Darren Millard, where this is I'm stealing his right now and echoing it. Uh, I heard this on the pregame last night, but how is that good for the NHL? So, the NHL, however, this whole thing happened with the Arizona Coyotes playing in this you know, auditorium on some college campus, this is an absolute fail, and now they're going to pay an absolutely terrible price unless uh, they pull out the old uh, dry ice when they're reaching in pulling out the stuff to make sure they, they grab the Knicks, you know, but, uh, so yeah, just WTF NHL. How did this happen in Arizona? How it's rigged. It's yeah, rigged. It, it, right. There you go. It, it might be rigged against them. Put them on a 14 game road swing. Come on. Really. It, this whole thing. It's just, that it's this just so rigged. dumb. It's just so <laughs> dumb. I can't think of a better word. I know dumb probably isn't the best word to say, but I'm going to say that. Anyway. What are they doing? They're building the locker rooms there. Who cares? Yeah. They're, they're, the they're, 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 they're like, taking down the pipe and drape that they were oh using for the first few games. Like, how does this happen? Like the NHL is, is in a good place financially. Things are going well. This is an absolute fail. So WTF NHL, what are you doing? WTF. Uh, this is from Tim Ward at that underscore guy, four, four, eight. WTF is up with the schedule. One night I have 700 games. <laughs> I saw that. Watch. I saw that this morning. And the next night, nothing. 32 teams, 82 games each. Come on. It can't be that hard to balance it. He's right, WTF. I had a WTF, and I had uh, a lot of fans come at me last night. Um, I drew the ire of fans because I said I want PGK to play a game in the gold buckets. <laughs> fans, just now, now I'm like missing those stupid buckets. I hate them so much. I despise them. But, of course, I had to get the fans riled up last night. WTF. We had to do that. Uh, Wausau Aaron, one of our good friends. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm fired up. WTF is with some of the VGK fans clamoring for an enforcer. I was this just is in the 70s or 80s, having someone chew up the penalty box minutes, allowing the more skilled teams to cherry pick shorthanded defenses, isn't winning hockey. WTF. And, and to echo that, you know, the like I said, fighting still has a place in the game, and you know, you're getting some different players doing it now. I mean, Cody Glass had a fight for crying out loud with the Predators, like. You know, that, that maybe shows how his game is going if he's fighting to stay in the lineup. But sorry for the bad trip there, Cody Glass. Nice guy. But, um, you know, enforcers do have a place in the game, but it's the Tom Wilson type. And people along those lines who can contribute on the offensive side of the puck. Ryan Reeves, you know, there's stories about his diminishing role in New York. And 
I mean, we got a third round pick, I believe, back for Ryan Reeves in that trade, folks. Keep that in mind for those, uh, you know, shooting their shots all the time at the uh, GM of the year, in my opinion, Kelly McCrimmon, in my unbiased opinion. But, you know, the just the, you know, Milan Lucic, I mean, he's carved out a nice long career. But someone like that, if they break into the AHL now, no, they are a lifetime AHL player. They are a lifetime AHL player protecting those kids against the other goons. And that's really the ceiling of these people that fight and hit first versus trying to make contributions as the outcome of the game goes, having some level of relevancy beyond just putting hits out there. So, you know, WTF, I'll back up uh, Tony and Aaron, you know, saying that, hey, I I think it's becoming a, a lost arts. And I mean, it's four skill lines now. It's four skill lines or three skill lines and energy line, like in the VGK's case. And the one fighter that VGK has does not want to fight. I can confidently say that. Yeah, he didn't. He looked defeated because O'Brien was chirping at him in the penalty box. And he just didn't even want any of that nonsense. So, yeah, I don't think he wants to fight at all. Let me get a quick shot on really fast here. I I put this out there. Um, you know, when I sit upstairs, uh, I get sometimes the announce. I have the Arizona Coyotes uh, people right behind me between whistles. We were actually uh, sharing some light moments and kind of gabbing a little bit. That was pretty cool. But the best part was actually sitting below the stat trackers. A lot of them are my my friends. They're 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 officials here in town. Uh, you had some AHL officials actually up there as well doing it, and they're calling out shot sixty one from the location, block forty seven, pass twelve. Uh, shot attempt shot block and the communication that these fellows had was absolutely remarkable listening to and it really gave me a just different perspective of the game so shout out to uh all my colleagues if you will on the ice who uh you know are just you know another part of uh the entire uh presentation that is a, a national hockey league game uh and a wtf goes out to kelly McCrimmon only doing interviews like george mcphee in canada that's, that's it. fair just do okay one-on-one fair Nothing, nothing for us here. Chris, uh, do you have a busy hockey weekend coming up? VGK's out of town. Silver Knights in town this weekend. I only oh, know no. if I'm going to Silver Knights on Saturday. I think we're gonna do a, a, I think we're gonna do a family thing at the library on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> That's awfully nice. Okay. I need, I need I need a break from hockey. We got we got a big week next week. Yeah, I got a lot of hoops coming up, as I mentioned. And next week there's a three-day tournament, uh, the Vegas four going on over at the Dollar Loan Center. And I'll be calling play by play of all those games. It's going to be a blast. Chris, have a great weekend. It's good to see you. Good to see you up in the press box. Good to see you eating all those snacks and cookies. So good. So have good. a great so weekend. Tough life. For my man, Chris Gallick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you again Monday right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.